On the turnbuckle here on my podcast house.com. Thank you for joining us, Welshy Lyle. G'day to you, boys. Very good, day, Fuckwacker. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. Lyle, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well, mate. Nice and refreshed, mate. I um, spent the weekend down the coast with the family before oh, trekking back up to go into the your death family show. Was... Uh, my family. I you don't beat me to that. People's families, only their wives. No, just the wives. Um, but it was interesting. I was, I, um, I was watching the football. On Saturday, while I was down there, Collingwood being my team, very interesting. Tony, um, were you working that game? Yes, I was. Yeah. Okay. Anything interesting happen while you're there, mate? Uh Collingwood won. That was interesting. I was That's to be expected. That's, um, but nothing well, I else. heard Tony that there was a bit of a, a hiccup. There might have been a little bit of a uh, alarm situation, if that's what you're talking about. False alarm. Of an alarm. Uh, well, false alarm or wrong alarm? I don't know if it was a false alarm because there definitely was a fire. It was Is just that the fire might have been put out in like three seconds, but the alarm still went off. Was it your fault? Did you start the fire, Tony? That's I did. There's every chance that I did by cooking those two dim sims. Two? <laughs> no, Tony, you've never had two dim sims <laughs> no, in your life. No, and stuff. Come on. That. Doesn't. Come on. <laughs> did, did, what was there so a foil Tony, lid on the mic? Yeah, on the you've on taken the you've taken the air fryer into the commentary box, yeah, and um, almost got the footy called off. Almost got the people COVID were running the for the door. People were running for the exits. You got bloody poor old Scott Pendlebury. He's been through. He's played football with a broken yeah. leg before, three hundred odd games, and he's running off the field in a panic. And yep. you've had a couple extra dimmies. And then so I much. had to jump on the mic and go, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that alarm you just heard was a false alarm. Please retake your seats and we'll start the game. Oh, so, but uh, What do we do with you? Yeah. All right, so I won't be doing that again. <laughs> I, I'm just, I don't know what I'm more shocked about. Have you ever you started tried... the fire or that you wanted fresh Dim Sims? Normally you just cook them at 8am no, in the morning and then But have you cold. ever tried to buy Dim Sims and chips at the footy? It's like 10 bucks. No, because it's routine Dim Sims around other people. I've covered this off with you before. <laughs> Eat Dim Sims on your own. Around other people, well, they stink. It turns out it's even rooted to cook Dim Sims in front of 35,000 <laughs> other people. <laughs> Now, did, was it because yeah, everyone was complaining that it was a low number in the crowd. Did they count the crowd before or after the alarm went off? Because thirty-five thousand yeah. for a Collingwood game seems strange to me, Tony. Yeah, not many came back. You're right. They counted. They counted teeth. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a lot of cars missing between the Adelaide and Collingwood supporters thinking, "Hang on, I'll get away with one here in the car park." Most of them um, were allowed. To, most of them have been allowed to sleep at the MCG for the Warney thing. So that means at least they had three nights accommodation. I um, 
I wasn't surprised to find out that you'd started the fire. I actually would have been surprised if it wasn't you, Tony. Oh, well, the funny thing was the first song that we played when we came back from the... <laughs> Fire water burn. We didn't start the fire. Nah, you did it, did you? (laughs) (laughs) So you got. So your boss is a good sports set. (laughs) Well, I said to Hawko that Tony was uh, claiming it wasn't him, and Hawko's response was, "That sounds exactly like someone who would have started the fire." I would say. (laughs) He said a dollar five. It was Tony. Uh, Yeah, I think it was. That was unders. (laughs) All right, enough about me. Let's get up with our first guest. Pretty special one, this one, because we've followed this boy, this young man, all the way through his career, from his very first day, pretty much at training, all the way through to where he is now in one of Melbourne's up-and-coming wrestlers, that is for sure. Kid Valiant joins us on the line for a chat. Hello, Kid. Oh, g'day, g'day. How is everybody? Fantastic, mate. How are you? I uh, didn't get there on Sunday. Unfortunately, I had footy at the MCG, but I heard... uh, you were in a pretty wild match. Uh, yeah, that's right. I wrestled Robbie Eagles in the main event of Deathmatch Down Under. Ah, sorry. Deathmatch Down Under's Take It Back Sunday too. It was quite surreal to say the least. It's crazy. Talk to us a little bit about um, when you were told that you were going to be having this match against possibly, in my opinion, Australia's best ever wrestler. Oh, so, oh, Callan's going to hate me for, for this. <laughs> Joel Bateman was the one who told me. So, sorry, Callan. <laughs> I, I knew before you told me. Um, I was in the car with Joel on the way to a training session, and then he was explaining the uh, upcoming plans for me. And he was like, oh, and then we got you against um, Robbie Eagles in the main event. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um it was mind blowing to think that they would allow me to wrestle, honestly, Australia's greatest wrestler, in my personal opinion. I mean, I've idolized this man and um, the opportunity that they gave me is just mind blowing. And I'm very grateful and forever thankful for the opportunity. Um, um, yeah. You said they let you, but in my opinion, what's happened is this is a company that's decided that, you're a big part of the future of what they want Australian and Melbourne wrestling to be. And they've invested in you. They've, they've put this match on for you. Um, What does that kind of um, investment from a company mean to you as a young worker? It means so much because no other company has done this. No one has taken the time to, actually come forward to me and to help me grow not only as a wrestler but as a person too you know uh within the last two years i was kind of in a dark place within wrestling where i just didn't want to start doing it again didn't want to wrestle but to have people in the deathmatch down on the community actually take the time to invest and to help me grow has been tremendous it's been absolutely helpful for my mental health and as well as professional wrestling. Um, without them, I wouldn't be in the position I am in now. You know, I'm wrestling across Australia now. And if it wasn't for them, I don't think I'd be in that position. And I can't thank DMDU management enough. Yeah. So cl- classic uh, Joel, just to th- 
throw out your main eventing against Robbie Eagles <laughs> and just sort of move on. It's uh, yeah, it's classic. But when you when it actually sunk in, and you had a bit of time to yourself. What was the emotions like then? Was it nerves? Was it you know the anxiety of it? You know the the happiness. Oh, it was a mixture of everything. Um, you know, obviously the the nerves and anxiety just rush like through my entire body. You know, um, like I said, I idolized him. I was at the Southern Showdown show cheering him on, thinking he was going to beat Will Ospreay for the um the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, to go from a fan to an opponent really was like, that's unbelievable. I didn't think this early in my career, I would be able to wrestle him like in the, in the main event. (laughs) It was crazy. You know, I was talking to my partner, Rochelle about it all, uh, trying to get the nerves. I'm like, Oh, he's my cardio is going to blow up or like, he's going to, like hurt me i'm not hurt like because he's a hard hitter so i was like oh i've never been hit that hard i'm like i'm freaking out and she's like you'll be fine and you know i was nervous on the day where we worked everything out. i was nervous when i met him um but as soon as i walked through those curtains everything changed i was confident i was feeling ready i was good to go and um i think i put on one of the best matches i've ever been in you said you went from a fan to an opponent. Are you allowed to stay a fan, though, when you're inside the ring? Uh, do, you, do you marvel at what this guy's doing in front of you and you're literally only centimetres away from him? Uh, by fan, I meant, like, where I was about three years ago when I was on the opposite side of the barricade. Like, I'm still a fan of professional wrestling, but um, Robbie now is a colleague like a wrestler, a fellow wrestler. So I'm, I'm still going to idolize him. I'm still going to be a fan of his work, but I'm not the fan I used to be of him. Yeah. Back then. Um, I don't mean that in any disrespect at all. Um, I mean, that is like, uh, I'm able to wrestle him now. And that fan is now trying to work and grow as a competitor. And I don't know how else the word, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I, I understand. No, especially totally after, understand. The, yeah. after the first time he hits you, all you want to do is hit him back. <laughs> yeah you guys are um, peers now you are peers yeah. now and after that match you can look back and I belong in the ring across from Australia's best wrestler one of the best wrestlers in the world um, so that's what the match can do for you yeah it's surreal um, I still don't have words about that match it was I had a lot of fun I think the uh, the story we told and just everything about it worked well. You know, Robbie's on another level, and whew, it was literally the best match I've ever been in. We spoke a little bit during the week in the lead up, and even on the day. Um, and you kept telling me how nervous you were, but when I saw you come through the curtain, you just looked like you were ready to go. Did you get this? Did you get this extra self confidence knowing that? you're in the ring with someone who's so good and, and where does your self-belief come from? Um, yeah. Knowing that I'm in the safest hands in the match uh, definitely helps the confidence uh, with me. Uh, the self-belief also comes from 
uh, with a lot of help from Tom Barrett, who he's like an older brother to me. So he always giving me the pep talks. He's always like, you got to get that fire. You got to bring it out. You got to switch on. Like it's game time because if you don't do it, like you're going to get hurt or something like that. So I just got to believe in myself. I got to run through everything in my head, get warmed up, get G'd up. Um, not really talk to anyone just before I go out because if I talk to anyone, I feel like I'll freak out even more. So I just need a boom, boom, boom. And then the adrenaline rushes as soon as my music hits. And as soon as I walk out, the confidence just booms. And I've never had that until, you know, this year. And this what match, I noticed, yeah, what I noticed with this match, as opposed to, all of your other matches so far, which are all been entertaining, like you've been growing steadily. But when you were on offense, there was this, and I'm glad you used the word fire because that's the word I would use to describe it. There was fire and intensity behind your strikes. Um, what are you going to do to take what you learned in this match and then take it into your future matches? Um, I'm going to use that. No, it's, been, it's taken a while for me to find that intensity, to find the fire behind everything. Um, I just got to think of every other opponent like Robbie. I just want to chop him back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I'm definitely just going to use a lot of confidence that I've grown in myself and just the adrenaline and to put on 100% with every, everyone, not just this one thing. I got to put everything I got behind everything I do. So I'm definitely going to take that forward on. I don't know how to wear things. No, it's, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Like obviously you've had one of the, probably the biggest week of your life. So it's, it's okay to be lost for words occasionally. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm always going to use the word surreal and this not now, but it's yeah, it's crazy. You talked about uh, confidence and geeing yourself up, you know, when your music hits and stuff like that. We've had a couple of questions on Twitter um, from different people regarding, you know, taking the mask off. Was the yeah. mask uh, there to help you with that confidence? That it actually, it's not yourself going out there. And people want to know, how did you feel, you know, taking the mask off? Was the the nerves there? Um. I'm sure you guys know I hated the mask. Um, you know, Kid Valiant wasn't any of my creation, really. I had to make do with what I was given. And, you know, I made it work. Thankfully, I've made something out of it. Um, Good practice for if Vince ever gets his hands on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, taking the mask off has been the best thing for me. Uh, my confidence has really shined with everything um feel like i'm doing a lot better in ring than i was with the mask um i was hiding away that's how i felt like i was hiding away from people i wasn't showing who i really am and that's what sucked um the the main thing that sucked with the whole mask was the fact that i wasn't able to get creative i wasn't able to think of a character on my own because being a masked character is really hard like i gotta think of the psychedelic and the psychedelic was like what if 
kid valiant this is all like a trip in his head like what if he's done something and like this is all he's thinking about so that's how the psychedelic was born and my early days of melbourne's mass marvel was just a rib of marvel <laughs> uh, but as soon as the mask came off i think the confidence grew the fire started to shine and i've just become myself i've become someone i wanted to be in the ring for a long time and i feel like i've got the platform now to finally do it and robbie um, allowed me to do a lot more than what i'm usually able to do in matches and it's just i'm thankful for that and always will be so yeah the mask was no good <laughs> hey kid can we touch on something that you brought up a little bit earlier on and that was your mental health your state of mind over the last couple of years take us through that period and did you lose your love for wrestling at all through that whole period yeah uh the in and out of lockdowns and the cancellation of bookings just really got to me and then like there was drama going on within the wrestling scene too throughout the whole uh covid the last two years, I'm going to say, I don't like using the word COVID because COVID sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, all those negative, all the negativity and just the drama that was going on, it got to me and I'm like, I don't want to be in a place that makes me feel sad. That makes me not want to go places anymore, especially like, well, not last year, 2020 before the speak out movement happened, it was just a toxic place. It was, I enjoyed going to shows, but I hated the backstage environment. Um, just being around certain people it was like, this is not it for me. I just, I'm done. Like I'll do my last few years in high school and then get a normal nine to five job and spend weekends doing nothing. But um, I'm very thankful, very, very, not, not thankful. I'm just very appreciative of myself that I stuck around and I made something out of wrestling somehow, even though it's not a full-time job. Um, no, without DMDU, I don't think I'd still be wrestling quite as much as I am. I think maybe every now and then, but you wouldn't have seen a lot of me. And that sucks to say because I was at that stage where I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm just going to hang the boots up. Mm. Um, I'm over it. But now I'm wrestling almost weekly and I'm so, I'm so lucky I stayed. Like I'm very, very lucky I stayed because if I let all that negativity get to me, then I wouldn't be able to have so many fond memories and so many places to go. So take us through the relationship you have now with DMDU. Did, did you find DMDU or did DMDU find you? Well, if you know what um, I mean by that. Um, I've had a history with Callan and Damien Rivers, you know, being at NAW. So I've always had that some sort of connection between them two. Yep. As soon as DMDU got announced, it was like, this is a place I want to go to. No, it's new. It's fresh. It's exciting. And I heard everybody just wants to look after each other. You know, they actually seem to care about people's well-beings, um, care about injuries and health and safety. So, funnily enough, I was on the first DMDU show as a referee, 
not as kid valiant. So uh, Joel reached out to me and it was like, we're short on a ref. Would you like to come? And this is like an opportunity. It's just foot in the door. And of course, um, I had to take it because I was like, if this is a place where I want to wrestle at, of course, I'm going to take any opportunity that arises. So I did. And I loved it. Um, just wore oh, it's great. Crazy. Like he had that black and white striped shirt in the bottom drawer. Ah, oh. from his from his job at Footlocker. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Footlocker. <laughs> oh, I brought that shirt with me, and they're like, "Oh, we got this other ref shirt." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but um, I guess you can say it was a bit of both. Um, you know, uh, if it wasn't for the ref gig that I did, I don't think I was going to be in the tag team tournament with Zodiac and um, that's why I took the opportunity Um, when an opportunity ever arises with me I'm I'm the first one to take it because I'm like this could lead to something even if it doesn't like it's a foot in the door and they could always text back so it's a bit of both I think I may have been on a show even if I didn't do the ref job but um, who knows yeah it might have taken longer yeah who knows so um, was part of the reason that, yeah, the wrestling thing, you were falling out of love with it because when you're a young worker, you don't really get a choice about where you're going to work, do you? You've got whatever option that comes up, you've, you've kind of got to take. Yeah. Whereas now you've probably got a little bit more control. Um, yeah, I was pretty much just three promotions. I think I wrestled at it was NAW, uh, premier pro wrestling and adrenaline. Those were like the three I could really choose from. And of course, coming from uh, the Hitman's gym, I was always NAW. And then with the whole COVID situation, closing everything down, um, started to network, started to contact people a lot more because I was like, hey, hang on a second. Um, if I want to continue doing this, and this is still when I was falling out of love of wrestling before my passion reignited again. I was like, i got to wrestle elsewhere. I can't just wrestle in the same place because my name's not going to get out there. I'm not going to be able to wrestle new people. And that's what I wanted. I wanted the opportunity to wrestle new people. I wanted the opportunity to travel. And um, that's why I'm also kind of thankful for the whole two years to given that opportunity to be wake up and be like, oh, I can go here or I can actually take control of something. Um, we've been to the wrestling with you a couple of times over the years, but before you were Kid Valiant. And um, I know there's one show that we've seen you at multiple times. And now you've been booked by that company, which is MCW. Um, you must be really looking forward to getting into an MCW ring for the first oh, time. Most definitely. That has been a goal of mine for the longest time. You know, um, being trained for about two months under Jet and Tyson and seeing them elevate and get on the platform such as mcw i was like i want to be like them i want to be on a stage where a lot of people around the world can view me and i don't mean in an egotistical way i just want to grow as a competitor and i want that to help me in wrestling and i'm I reached out to them. They got back. And of course I had to take it. You know, it's MCW. Who wouldn't take it? It's uh, literally the biggest promotion in Melbourne, uh, which has been for the past 10 years. And it's been a goal of mine ever since a kid. You know, I went, like you said, we went to shows. I watched as a fan. I admired everyone on it. 
and to now be able to step foot in an MCW ring is absolutely mind-blowing. And You've can't got wait. a pretty tough ask first up. Oh, Jean Wen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not mucking around. Could be worse. Oh. It could have been Jake Andrew Arthur. Oh, it's, just, it's oh, almost the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. John Wen, I haven't bumped into him. Um, I've worked on the same show as him, but he's a big boy and I haven't... Sorry, I've yet to step in a ring with someone as big as uh, Jean Wen. And I'm ready for the challenge. I just hope Jean's ready to step in the ring with me because we haven't worked each other. Um, you know... It's definitely going to be hard. He's a big guy. I'm small, but I definitely got the speed and the agility. And I hope he can catch up. Stick and move. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Blow him up. Yeah, I'll just run around the ring. Just keep running. Just keep running. (laughs) Just run spots. (laughs) (laughs) But no, Jean Wen, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. And I can't wait to bring it to him and I'm hopefully going to move forward into the second round of the Ascension tournament. Fingers crossed anyway. Cheers. I'm loving the way that 2022 is looking for you. It's, it started so bright and one can only think that it just keeps moving forward. What, what are your plans? What you've achieved so much as I said in the first couple of months, what more is there for you to do in 2022? Uh, Hopefully pick up the DMD heavyweight championship next month. I'm hoping. You know, I got Royce for the uh, the championship at the uh, next DMDU show on the 16th. Um, you know, I pinned him before in February in the tag match. Yeah, Edward Dusk may have pushed him off the top rope. And I actually didn't know. I just saw him laying on the ground. I was like, hey, I've got to take my opportunity to pin him. Um, but, yeah, I want the DMDU heavyweight championship. And, and I'm going to bring it to Royce you know we both wrestled Robbie Eagles we should both be on that level of understanding on like how we should work because we wrestled each other so it's definitely I'm definitely going to bring a fight to Royce and I don't think he's expecting that uh, I want the DMD heavyweight championship I want the um, opportunity to maybe even win another championship in a different state or you know just re- I want to wrestle in all states of Australia this year particularly that's that's a big goal of mine but for now, um, my eyes are set on the DMD Heavyweight Championship. Are they going to have to rename it if you win it? What are you implying? <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe you might, be, you might be 20 kilos short of a heavyweight, but... I mean, Ray Mysterio won a World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, so, right. um... Good point, good point. Shut up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he'd weigh, And he'd weigh more than Royce. So... <laughs> Yeah, so Royce is so Royce is a well-traveled wrestler as well. Everyone forgets that um, he's very young, but he's already wrestled in Japan with DDT, and um, it's probably going to be one of your biggest challenges. Oh, I wouldn't say as big as Robbie, but you know, That's I've why stepped, I said one of one of. I mean, I've stepped in the ring with him before. He wasn't that much of a challenge to me. Ooh. Um, you're not going to have Ryan Rapid with you this time even if it was with Rapid or even if it wasn't with him Royce doesn't know I can hang and he doesn't know how much more I have inside of me you think he thinks 
what I did against him is all he's going to get. But he's got to realize I have so much more up my sleeve that I'm ready to pull out against him. He's not going to be expecting a new side of Kid Valley. He's not going to be expecting me to bring a fight because that's what I'm all about. If he wants to arc up, be chirpy and everything, I'm going to bring everything against him because he underestimates, ah, underestimates me 100%. You got to remember the three of us have shared an apartment with him in Sydney, so we have a little, we have a soft spot in our heart for Royce. Well, we got a soft spot for both of them. Oh, we have definitely the hardest match ever. You're right, the hardest match ever for me. Oh, definitely, definitely. (laughs) Going to be extremely torn. Yeah, (laughs) 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 going to be extremely torn watching this match. I just hope everyone has a good time. To be honest, Tony, Um, wrestling is going to be the real winner. Definitely, Lyle and I'll be crying. I'm sure. Well, well, uh, yeah. I, I do like to cry at the wrestling, and uh, that's correct, Tony. <laughs> so I, I may, I may have shed a uh, a quiet tear on uh, Sunday afternoon. Just, I kept that one to myself. I watching, uh, I've got to admit, I got a bit emotional watching you on on Sunday as well, Kobe. There was a, sorry, Kid Valiant. There was a there was a tear in the eye at the end of that match when Robbie was saying those lovely things about you. Oh, I feel love. <laughs> well, I feel like we've been on the journey with you the whole time. We, we saw have. your first match. Yeah, you um, guys have stuck by me since I was 15. So you guys have most definitely been a part of that journey, 100%. We're just very lucky you ended up being good. We're just... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good <laughs> you could have been You could have been out of the business six months later when you got told to stop training because you weren't doing very well at school. Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Got to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're past it now. You're past that now. Um, but look, I spoke to Robbie after the match and he was saying some really nice things about you and about um, the way you listened and the way you learned, which is the feedback I get a lot about you is that you are open to learning. And if you keep doing that, the sky's the limit. Yeah, I take every wrestling match I have as a learning opportunity. Um, even the match I had against Matt Hayter, just trying to pick his brain and trying to pick apart how he structures and works things uh, just amazes me, you know. I want to learn so much. And the only way I'm doing that is by wrestling, to pe- uh, wrestling other people and to listen and not talk over to correct anything you got to listen to them because their wealth of knowledge is beyond what i have the question i want to ask is can you believe how good a start 2022 has been for you um no i did not expect any of this at all uh i started off the year in a uh, rumble in new south wales and then a scramble match at dmdu you know, I think a lot of people were like, he's lost the mask. Um, he's not going to boom as much as he did with it. And then the uh, tag match opportunity came around. And I think I showed everyone that, hey, I can hang with some of the best Australia's got. I can do a lot more than what you guys think. So I think I really proved to a lot of people that even though I kicked off with a small little start this year um 
they oh, how am I going to word it? They shouldn't look at me any different to anyone yeah. else. Um, I honestly think I am one of the best up and coming wrestlers in Australia. That's just honest truth. I think I am. I have a lot of potential and I have a lot of uh, talent and skill to bring. I just want to learn. That's all I really want to do this year is just learn. Yeah. I, th- I think that the thing that's really stood out for me is your ability to connect with the live audience because every show that's growing, you know, this, the fan support is growing and growing and, you know, and that's why you get put into these opportunities because if the fans are the paying audience in the end and if they're making the loudest noise, you're doing something right. Mm. Most definitely. I mean, I have an acting background with all the school productions and like my certificate in the screen acting. So being in front of a live crowd is nothing new to me, except this time I'm getting beaten up in the ring and um, getting hurt most of the time. And I think as of how young I am, people feel bad. They're like, oh, the kid's getting beaten up. But um, <laughs> no, nah, the, the fans are the best. Advantage. Yeah, no, nah, the fans are the best part of a wrestling show. Um, I love hearing them chant my name. You know, it's something I never thought I would be able to hear. And to hear them chant Valiant is uh, mind-blowing. It's crazy. Um, you're a big fan of uh, musical theatre. Yes, I and- am. There's a guy who up in Sydney who's written um, a wrestling musical called uh, Dubbo Championship Wrestling. I believe he's joining us next week. What are your thoughts? How much would you have loved to have been in Dubbo Championship Wrestling? Oh, I know. Honestly, I don't think I want to do another stage play anytime soon. <laughs> but um, oh, it would have been a great opportunity. But um, I would have loved to do it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like past the days of acting on the stage. So it's a bit of a 50-50. Oh, I would have loved it. And now I'm like at the same time, oh, no. <laughs> it's a shame we never got to work together on the stage, kid. I was always in I was in uh, musical theatre when I was younger as well. Played oh. Tevia in Fiddle on the Roof. I was Danny Zuko in Greece. He was uh, the Phantom and they didn't need any makeup. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I think I would have been uh, scared to share the stage with you, Tony. No, in not, at all. <laughs> not at all, mate. It would have been an absolute honour. No doubt about it. No. Oh, yeah. I did get a listener question from an Aaron Reed who asked, um, would you ever face Dad Valiant in a wrestling match? <laughs> um, after all the times Dad Valiant has beaten me on the uh, trampoline, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> He's going to... Nah, he won't bump for me. He won't sell. So no, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm not sure he can sell or bump anymore. Oh, he can sell if I hit the right places. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's selling. No, it's not. Oh, we, well, we, we'll classify it as selling. <laughs> that's honesty. <laughs> You're making it yourself. Um, but touching on that, how, how important has been their family support for you? Yeah, you know, especially you know over the last two years having their you know, the question marks whether you want to continue with this. And now, obviously, 2022, you know, sky's the limit. How important has the family support been? Um, I love it. And I'm extremely thankful for it. You know, i got two loving and supporting parents who only want the best for me in anything I do. Um, 
I've enjoyed it so much and I can't thank them both enough because if it wasn't for them, if they didn't sign that waiver form when I was 15, I wouldn't be where I am now, you know. Um, they came to the show on Sunday. They try to come to as much matches as I can and being able to perform and do what I love in front of them is mesmerizing. I wouldn't have it in another way. You know, my family has allowed me to do this the best I can. And what I can do for them is just take it to the sky and show them that, hey, I actually want this. Has dad become a bit of a critique for you? Someone that you can run ideas past and all that sort of stuff? uh, We watch match footage back. He gives me some feedback because my dad does have a mind for wrestling. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, he couldn't do it. But yeah, we run, we run through matches. We, he makes suggestions of like new moves and stuff I can try out. And um, it's always positive. Like even with the negative feedback I get, I use it to help myself and I build up with it. But um, no, I'm so thankful for my dad, especially within the whole filming my matches and um, talking about it in the car on the way back home when he takes me from shows. So I'm extremely thankful. That's proud moment stuff, isn't it? That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I made them proud on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm sure you did. <laughs> oh, I definitely know. did. Yeah, definitely I did. did. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I know from watching my kids play footy and cricket and baseball and all that sort of stuff that, you know, we get those opportunities to do exactly the same. It's great to hear that you've got a father who enjoys wrestling as much as you do. Yeah, it's great you know he did backyarding uh only with like a few people in uh the old house that we lived in until we destroyed it and built this one uh you know did some backyarding um he was the one that introduced me to it so i grew up watching wrestling with him we watched a lot of wrestlemanias and royal rumbles and everything together so to have someone who's into it as much as i am it's crazy and i love it All smiles. <laughs> yeah, no, all smiles. Mate, it's been really great talking to you. Really do appreciate the time you spent with us. And as you said, we've been there from the start. We've loved every minute of watching you grow into the wrestler that you are now. And we're going to love every other minute of the next 10 or so years to watch for the wrestler that you become in the end. And we can only predict that it's going to be a, a pretty good and a pretty strong wrestler. There's no doubt about it. Good luck in your quest to get the DMDU heavyweight title thank you and if that opportunity uh, presents itself be guaranteed we'll all be there i hope so i hope you just see you all there when i uh not not here to fuck spiders too no that's the show that's the show and that's the show where i will win the championship well fingers crossed good on you mate thanks for your time buddy thank you kid valiant joining us here on the turnbuckle Show. Welcome back, Kid Valiant. Uh, boy, he's grown up, hasn't he? 
He has grown up, and now it's like I've got my two wrestling kids wrestling each other for a title. I don't know what to do. I know. It's just, it's going to be very, very tough. There's no doubt about it. And one guy that's making that uh, opportunity happen is a guy on, that... What's he doing here? Well, it's a guy that we hope is just going to absolutely... Even though on the turnbuckle wants to win WrestleBrainia once more, I would like nothing more than to see this guy finish you off on Sunday. Joel Bateman, welcome to the show. Oh, How are you, Tony and Lyle? Well, you go fuck yourself. How are you, Lance? Well, what do you mean, what do I want? I'm taking time out of my this night. Is my plat- this is my platform. Yeah, and you've been using this platform since I went overseas to continue to run your mouth. And look, you talk a bunch of shit, and I don't know why that on a podcast with three people, you're the fourth funniest. But <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Jules. But like, I understand you're the defending champion. That's fine. But you you talk a big game when you're behind a microphone or behind a computer screen. I saw you on Sunday, and you were nice as pie to my face. And then I go and listen to all the episodes on the on the drive to work or the drive to practice, and you just chirp, 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 chirp. So one all way or said, another on Sunday, we've got to finish this. All I said is that wrestling must be easy in America if you're winning matches. I don't understand how that's such a that's a bad thing. <laughs> no respect. Look, yeah, well, that's fine. Look, I'll show you how easy it is on Sunday. Like, you're lucky that it's about being funny and about having wrestling knowledge and not me wrapping my hands around your yeah. skinny little throat and squeezing the life out of you well, until I know your head pops like wrestling. a pimple. Oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. So my special topic has nothing to do with wrestling, which should see me at an advantage. I don't even Mind remember. you, we've got the crooked referee as well. I'm going to have to do something to stop that. Wait, who's the crooked ref? Porco. Your bait. Hey, Holgo's oh, yeah. not a crook. Holgo's not, not a crook. crook. He'll call it He's straight, straight down, down the middle. line. Exactly, like Bill Alfonso. You've got... We're nearly on the verge of disassociating ourselves with you, Roshi. Right, until I win the trophy, then you'll be all back on board. Without a doubt. Well, you know... But you until that day... Until what, have that you got, day. what have you got for your big entrance? Is you, is you defending your carryover champion? You're going to get Glenn Ridgen? No, no, I've just got... John Burgess? I've got my very own Brandy Rhodes... To help me out with my entrance. See now, I, I can't comment on that without being really offensive. So I'm, I'm going to let that one through to the keeper. Ooh. But all I know is that the two highlights will be my entrance and me hurting Joel both intellectually and physically. I thought you were going to say the two highlights going to be your entrance and exit because every time you open your mouth, you're going to shoot yourself in the fucking head. This, well, this, my exit this... last time wasn't what I wanted it to be, um, and I'm. Hopeful that that doesn't repeat itself, because well, the, well, the problem Carlo is Gore Cannon is a bad sport. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, you turned on everyone. Oh, he threw me through a table. Admittedly, you, just, you did deserve it. That can you just remember that, that we do have a podcast to do for the remainder of the year, and at times we do need to get guests. So can you not offend everybody? If I offend yeah. them enough, they'll come on to yell at me, like like has happened. All right, look, I'm really looking forward to Sunday because if I can be Scarface here. Beating you with intellect is the easy part. <laughs> Joel, we're going to let this go here because I don't want him to embarrass himself any more than what he has. Good luck to you on Sunday. I'll see you Sunday, Joel. I was going to say too late, Tony. He's already embarrassed himself. Well, gee, I'll see you Sunday. I can't wait for you to turn up dressed like Virgil again. I'm not dressing like Virgil. I'm dressing like Welshie. Well, you were dressed like, well, you were dressed like Vincent last year, so I figured you'd go Virgil this year. <laughs>
I was dressed like the Macho Man last year. No, nah, you were dressed like Vincent. Don't hurt Vincent's him too much, Joel. Way too no, many hurt muscles. Him, hurt him, Joel. Hurt we, him. We actually, we well. I hope you both have a good time. It'll be fun, and, but he's going to record next week's podcast dressed like the Yeti. He's just going to be all bandages except for his mouth. Cool. Well, I'm as, recording. As long as he can still a, talk, that's what we've we got need. an announcement. We've got an announcement uh, in the next couple of weeks about the next podcast. So we do. Well, you do. Yeah, uh, Joel. Thank you so much, mate. Go and enjoy your family. Not a problem. Uh, well, gee, I'll see you Sunday. You'll need Joel. bring some bandages. You'll need them. Do as well. She, uh, I'm really concerned about who you're offending and who you're upsetting at the moment. Why? Well, I don't know. I'm just worried for you. Uh, it's all right for you, Tony. You're going to be elsewhere. I'm the one that's going to be there. Then you know, by proxy, well, I'm going to have to step in. And I'm help worried. You. I'm a little bit worried for me because of last year. Yeah. Um. But Joel's not as big as Carlo. He's more violent than Carlo, but he's not as big. Yeah. So if I run away, I reckon I can. Although well, it wasn't, to... it, it wasn't just Carlo. I'm pretty fat. It wasn't just Carlo because we tried to run away and Gore picked us both up. Well, that was a I'm different not a, time. I'm not a small. That's what I'm saying. Your your mouth gets gets all of us into trouble. That's what I'm I'm worried about. Well, one guy yeah, that's well... decided to run away from the big stage is Triple H. Well, and Jules, where is he? Well, no, Jules is not well at the moment. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's well, he hasn't retired. He said he's sick he of said me. some he said some dodgy yeah. vegan. <laughs> the lentil beans weren't well, and uh, as a result, yeah. Anyway, uh, Triple H retiring, boys. Uh, not a great shock. I thought. I think we all thought it was going to happen at some point. Well, the fact that he had a heart attack probably. Yeah, that would help. Well, yeah, he had a heart. Event, I think they were calling it, uh, or an episode. They were calling it there for months. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which come to light on the interview on ESPN. Um, obviously, there's no well, way. They just put them in for no reason. Nah. So yeah, and, and that was a tough interview to watch when he was talking wow. about he's um he's about to go under and he's unsure of whether seeing his daughters again and stuff like that. And then it's sort of the wrestling and and everything becomes secondary when you start getting the family. Uh, stuff involved, um, but no, he's had a great he had a great career, you know, in ring, you know, what spanning near three decades. Even um, at the end, when he was wrestling once every two years, he was still having. He was yeah. never the worst match on the card. No, he's got a an incredible mind for the business. Um, obviously, you know, doing what he's done at the executive level, and you know, probably. You know, for fans like us, you know, the NXT run that he had, um, you know, it was amazing. You know, um, it's probably the high point of the last four or five years of WWE collectively. Um, And I was that close to going to a press conference with him. Yeah, you were that close, but you didn't get in. Got to the front door. (laughs) Tom Konecki. There was a picture Um, of you at the door. Don't let this guy in. Let this guy in, exactly. Yeah, but what he did, yeah, you know, with the guy, yeah, you know, the guys with DX, you know, in the Attitude Era, then Evolution in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, the, you know, making guys like Batista and Randy Orton household names, um, you know, still one of his favourite matches of mine was the the Cactus Jack match because I'm a big Mick Foley mark and I still the reaction of Cactus Jack uh, 
surprise and Triple H's reaction sold it to the WWE audience that hadn't seen Cactus Jack before. So Yes or no? One of the greats? No, definitely. Yeah, collectively, yeah. One of the greats. It depends how you how many you're talking. Yeah. You know, top three or three to five, probably not, but um top definitely 20. people's conversation. Oh, easily top twenty, I think. Um yeah. you know, the longevity as well and you know, working with a different array of workers and always having quality matches. Um Yeah. So we raise a glass to the career of terrorizing. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, glass of water because he doesn't drink. So mm. he's not. Uh that moves us on to WrestleMania, of course, what a massive weekend it is for the WWE coming up this weekend. Did I see somewhere that Shane McMahon is back? Uh, that's the, the talk. That's what? the talk. I, 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 the, we, I really almost want him to be the surprise opponent against Seth. I just think it'd be such a great troll. Well, I and saw then, a suggestion where it could be Shane, and then at the end of the match, um, Cody could come out and challenge him for the next night. That would be yeah, good. well, that would because that'd good. be a great like, troll. That and that, that's what you want. Yeah, you want to upset the fans, but then give it to them pretty quickly. Because I don't, if you do that on night one, and then two, three nights later on the on the Raw after Mania, I think that's too far away. What I would do, I'd have Shane's music hit. Shane comes out, everyone's angry, and then Shane introduces his champion. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that would be good. That that. Uh, and if that's the plan, it it'll be amazing. Um, I know the hype hasn't been there for for myself personally for Mania. It almost doesn't feel like a Mania weekend yet. But it's, um, not, very... amazing, it's not an amazing card, to be fair. No, it's a no, soft like, lady. I, I I was looking at night one, like the Ronda Rousey match, like almost seems second fiddle uh, to me, and that's just for me. I'm not watching Raw and SmackDown either. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with Austin and KO. Apparently, that's it's... closing the show. Yeah, so you know, I'm... you know, there's three or four main events every night. Um, that's the way WWE uh, call it. So I'm interested in that whether it turns into a a match or a pseudo match. However, they pull it off, and if um, you know, the, well, the rumor thing... is Austin's looking like a million bucks. So. A, mil- a million bucks, and then you've got other guys in promos on Raw throwing shade at Austin as well. Are they trying to tee up programs later on if he's going to actually stick around? Roman Reigns, shit on him. Brock Lesnar, um, shit on the Watt Chance um, well, on Raw. So Yeah, well, because everyone should shit on the Watt Chance. Yeah, no, but there was... And I, no, he was complimentary to Austin. Who was? Brock. Brock? Hmm. Yeah, but you know that's a match. He just said enough of the. He just said enough of the watching. Yeah, like there's enough people on the show bringing up Austin's name for that. If he is a million bucks and he does get through this unscathed, they can write a ticket. They've got a. The money's not going to run out anytime soon. Um, you know, night two, Lesnar and Roman unifying the titles. Um, see where they go with that. I'm interested in seeing that. You know Edge and AJ is going to be a really good match. We'll go for an hour and a half. You don't sound That's excited the problem. one bit. Sorry? You don't sound one bit excited. I'm trying to... I think I will be on the day. Um, for, for these days. days. Well, yeah. Um, Sammy and Johnny Knoxville. 
the best thing is you get to watch WrestleMania day one, and then you get to come out and watch me destroy Joel at WrestleBrainia. And there's that. I've I I've hacked Jeff's Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah. He's um do you want to know what his password was? I love Vince or something. Yeah, I love Vince one exclamation mark. It yeah. wasn't difficult. Wasn't to, hard at all to guess. But you, so you know what so I'm gonna you, so you got so that on your second guess because you told me your first guess he had it as I love Tony. You, that, that's what you. Well, I think that was his old was. password. Oh, okay. He's changed it. So what I'm going to do? I love Tony sixty nine. Because which I he thought cost... was the year of my birth, but it's actually sixty seven. What I want to do is cost Jeff some money. So I've oh, okay. worded up. I've worded up the guy at the door. And if you go to WrestleBrainia on Sunday. And you say, on the turnbuckle for the win, you'll get him for 10 bucks. <laughs> oh, so it's like placing a bet. Yeah, I'm going to post it from Jeff's Twitter in a minute. Okay. Um, cool. So he's going to have to honour this. Well, yeah, if it's come from his own account. And people will screenshot account. it. He, he, what, there's no, there's no deleting it, tweets. It'll be screenshotted. Yeah. People will screenshot it. Well, anyway. I'm going to screenshot it and then post it on our page. You can't get away from that. No, nah, yeah. that's right. You I've already spoken... Tweets. I've already paid off the guy on the door. Yeah, ten bucks. Oh, easy. That's pretty good. Ten bucks. That's on the turnbuckle for the win. To watch me make Joel Bateman bleed. What has everyone else paid? I don't know. Twenty. Twenty fifteen. I'm not Jeez. sure, but it'd be bucks. cheap if they've already paid twenty. It'd be cheaper for them to go to the door and say on the turnbuckle for the win and pay another ten, and then know that they got in a second time for half price. Well, I can bring a friend. Oh, yeah, good point. I can bring a friend yeah. and pay. Yeah. yeah. But, on um, the turnbuckle for the win. $10 ticket. On the ticket. turnbuckle for the win. $10 ticket. No, that's a half Jeff. price. Beautiful. So, uh, or actually, on the turnbuckle for the win or fuck Jeff. What we either, do? either of those two passwords will work. Okay. You can either say on the turnbuckle for the win or you can say fuck Jeff, you'll get in for 10 bucks. Hmm. All right, no problems. Uh, New Japan Cup finals, gentlemen. Well, this was meant to be Jules' main oh, no. segment, but luckily I watched. All right, so the, let's go to the next one. I watched the. I watched the final, Tony, and you'd be happy to know your favourite vegan. Vegan, one. yes, you won, right? Jack, Jack Saber Junior. Jones Junior. Yep, Jones. Yep. <laughs> it was a really good match. Uh, it was fast paced. Um, you want to say the false finishes, like we mentioned last week with the New Japan crowd, there. Umming and ahhing a little bit louder now. They're on the verge of getting away from the clap crowds. Um, the crap crowds? Clap, clap crowds. Clap. Well, I wasn't I talking about what, BCW. I stand by what I said. We're not talking about BCW here. Um, you know, working submissions and working over the knee. Um, a lot of false finishes. The crowd were biting on the false finishes, which were awesome. And he finally got a cold beer to celebrate. Um, Fantastic. You know? So who does Jack... Sabre Jones go on to lose to now? Junior. Well, you know, does he go up against Okada? He's not going to lose against Okada. Uh, I don't know. They'll build up to the next main one. That's why Jules is meant to be here. Yeah. He'll know He'll know the next the next schedule, what it's meant to be. But Jules is the worst uh, at picking wrestling results that exists. The only time he ever gets it right is if Jack Sabre Jr. wins. So yeah, he, he um... thinks he's a good tipster at the moment. <laughs> he, he um, and he de- dedicated the win to uh, George Michael. 
um, oh, good. in his backstage promo. So it was good. Fantastic. And that's why Jules isn't here. He celebrated a little bit too hard. A, a little bit too hard. Because you've got to have faith. That's what it's all about. You've got to have faith. Yeah. And he had it. He also left a deposit in the public toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, Callum Butcher in the King of the Death match. How good is this? By yeah. This is good. It's, you know, got a lot of Aussies overseas at the minute for WrestleMania weekend and stuff like that. But, you know, he'll be going in August. IW Mid-South. King of the Death match. You know, Joel um, just did what he did. I, you know, we don't want to pump him up too much. Um, you know, when he's come back. Obviously, he's got bigger fish to fry on Sunday. But this is awesome. It is. This is awesome. awesome. Well, Callum Butcher, I mean, I don't know if anyone remembers, like, for when we first spoke to him, he was someone who was ready to just about give wrestling away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when DMDU started, he he found his passion again. He was getting to do the wrestling he likes. And and now there's people overseas wanting to see him wrestle. And he's a humble guy, um, Callan. So he's he doesn't toot his own horn, but um, he's earned this opportunity. And... Um, I can't wait to see what he does. Mm. Yep, no, he'll be great. No doubt about it. Represent Australia, absolutely spectacularly. Callum Butcher will very much look forward to that. Boys, what were your thoughts of uh, the DMDU uh, day on Sunday? Well, the Sunday wow. shows are a winner for me, Tony. Um, it's it's easy. Um, Gore yelled at me. Yeah, Gore Again? yelled at you. Well, that's because he keeps dodging training, Tony. I'm going making tomorrow. us look bad. Yeah, well, you better. Because I got scared when he yelled at you. I was like, I'll drive you to training. Um, but yeah, mystery show. So we didn't know what the matches were other than um, yeah, Robbie and Kid Valiant. But, you know, York and Gore beat the shit out of each other. Smashed some glass around the bar. Um, they were they're in a different room this time, Tony. Beautiful yeah. looking, looking room. And from the... The gifts and the screenshots from the IWTV live stream. The room looked beautiful on there. The next show is in the same in the same uh, room. Um, One of my favourites is on the show, Tony. Yeah, Jarvis. Ah. And if you haven't had a chance to see Jarvis wrestle yet, make sure you get onto it. Um, he is he's a kid, but he's a star, and he's uh. I had a chat to him after the show and he had got a really good head for it. Really smart um, yeah. for his age and get on the, get on, get on him early because um, there's not too many people we've hitched our flags to that haven't ended up being really good. And he's my guy. Yeah. Right. He's chirp. He's a chirpy bastard too. He doesn't shut up, but another guy on the card, which has been doing big things in Queensland and people have been talking about him. We've finally got the scene down in Melbourne. That's, Outback Adam. Yeah. He, You'd he, love he Outback almost, Adam, he, actually, Tony. He'll he, be your he, favourite wrestler. Oh, yeah. You'll love him, Tony. He, you know, if the main event wasn't on the show, Robbie Eagles and Kid Valiant knocking out of the park, Outback Adam probably stole the show. So entertaining. He's doing a... Steve Irwin about him. Steve Irwin. Tony. Oh, nice. Yeah, good. Got a blow-up crocodile, which, you know, did a balcony dive. Yeah, a bit of Russell, bit of Russell Coit about him. It's, it's, oh, and he owns it. Excellent. Owns it. Good so, on. please, more Outback Adam in Melbourne for our uh, selfish benefits. 
Yeah, exactly. And finally, boys, let's finish off. Uh, so WrestleBrainers this Sunday. It's every Sunday for the next four weeks. With it's ten bucks Easter this in the Sunday. Middle. Ten bucks this Sunday. If you say, what can we expect on the show, Welshy? Apart from you and Joel. Well, you can expect Joel to bleed this week. Um, yeah. You can expect me to win. When, when you, 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 that's metaphorically. Like he's not going to bleed. Like you're going to beat no, him no. into submission with uh, knowledge. No, I'm going to bring a screwdriver and make him bleed. What about a fuckwacker? Oh, I've got yeah. the ute. I've got, got the ute. I don't know if I've got an extension cord that's long enough. We'll get a petrol one. All right. Time to talk about what's coming up this weekend. Nothing on Friday. Everyone can relax and enjoy a night off. Saturday, though, Lyle just didn't yeah, find it. Saturday, though, there's heaps on. EPW Academy, Showcase 19 in Malaga. Oh, RCW uh, doing the Punk Rock Riot at the Union House. PCW Ignition, Royal Rumble in Ferntree Gully. TCW, Aftershock in Launceston. All-Star Wrestling, good. Best in the West. At St. Mary's Rugby League Club. Uh, well, she's made his uh, wrestling on that show there, Tony. Oh, who's that? Carlo Cannon. Oh, is, there you uh, go. Yeah, it's heading north for that. So That sounds good. NCW have their TV tapings show in Lara. And Gippsland Pro haven't wrestled in Gippsland for 868 days. That sounds good. And I, I the best thing about it, it you know, it's not the best thing, because it's unfortunate that Mitch Waterman is injured at the minute. But that that over thousand uh, day reign just keeps going. He's yeah. smart. I've heard he's not even. In, I've heard he's not even injured. Ah, oh, he's no. stubbed just, the toe uh, or something. He dragged it out. Just trying so, to keep that title. Next show, and he's hot. He's fingers crossed. It's eight hundred and sixty-eight days to the next Gippsland show. That's yeah. He's hoping. begging for another lockdown <laughs> so that he can keep <laughs> that title. Two thousand day champion. He's hoping for. Um. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, boys. Time to go. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the week. We'll catch you soon. Good luck Sunday, Welshy. Yeah, good luck, Welshy. All the best. I don't need luck. No, on the turnbuckle for the win. And we'll catch you again soon, right here on the turnbuckle.